0: Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon, the football podcast that does not let the facts get in the way of good humor. I am Peter Storm, and this week I'm only supposed to be joined by the man with the golden voice, Brett Merker. The angry D man was supposed to be off this week. Hey, so Merck, we in the middle of a COVID surge. Where would be the first place you would head uh, on, a, uh, on a on a mini vacation?
1: My probably uh, a desert island and and not around a lot of people. Keep my space a little bit. Um, I don't think that's where D man is tonight, is it, Pete? No,
0: the D man. Where so, D man has joined us he, 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 in a little bit of a surprise. D man, let our listening audience know where you actually are tonight. I'm in uh, Atlantic City, but
2: <laughs> where you think it would be very, very crowded, but it's really not actually. And D
1: Man has just told us that he just got slaughtered in blackjack, which is why he's joining us.
2: Yeah,
0: lucky us. Did not yeah. think we <laughs> did not think we we're gonna have the D Man this week, but the D Man has joined us. He is that's why he's the most committed color man in all of sports radio. <laughs> Anyways, last week we broke down low records thanks to our guest Ian O'Connor. Which was a can't miss episode, and you know, guys, I don't know if you've noticed, our podcast with Ian—he won't give us credit for this—has has, has inspired three articles that he's written about the Giants since then, and they were <laughs> and, and they were based on the topics that we discussed here. One was the whole Russell Russell Wilson debate. Another one was how is Joe Judge safe, and another and the, and the third one I believe was on the uh, on the Maras. So is Mer- the uh,
1: Pete is the big blue saloon in the byline? We might have to sue. Uh,
0: no, I mean we, we we these were definitely the topics that we covered with Ian. Um, Merk, uh, what, I, I mean I know the D man once he does the podcast and once he's done for that night, that's it until the following week. He doesn't listen, he doesn't ask, he doesn't talk to anybody. But Merck, what was the feedback you heard about the episode? I'm sure your son Devin listened to it.
1: Well, Max actually, but Max, um, I got yeah, no, a couple people have listened to it. They thought it was great. I know. You know, in our little text chat, I, I think Martucci listened to it and a couple of others. And listen, uh, when you have a pro like Ian O'Connor, uh, it's bound to be a really good episode. He, he was awesome. I was thinking about it all week. I listened to it twice. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: it was it was a good episode. Um, and, you know, and I think he enjoys it, too. I mean, you know, he, you know it, it's, it's always good to have some inspiring conversation. Um, he still hasn't changed my mind on the whole Russell Wilson thing. We might get into that later. I think the D-man, he changed his mind for a few minutes, right, D-man? And then you watch the Giants again this week, and you realize how far away they are from being a decent team.
2: Yeah, I also just really worry about Wolfson. And look, he's on a bad team in Seattle. Look at him
0: struggle. Our team is worse. So how do you think he's going to play? Yeah. Anyways, this week we were supposed to be joined by our good friend, and we talk about him a lot on here, Neil Nemo Mars, the founder of JetFans.com, but his house has been invaded by COVID. Um, and, and, uh, Neil is not available as he is the, uh, only healthy one in the house right now. So, uh, uh, get well soon to the Mars family and hopefully Neil will be able to join us in the future because we got to give it to Nemo Merck. I mean, he, he went to the jets, green, white scrimmage, came back from that scrimmage and told us he was not impressed with Zach Wilson. Um, and we all jumped on him for it, but I'm not sure he was wrong. So, yeah, seen... I'm not sure he was wrong either, but again, <clears throat> we'll, we can talk a little bit yeah. more
1: about this as we get into the game. I'll give you my thoughts on it.
0: All right, let, let's just just jump right into it. So, the, you know, the Jets won 26-21 over the Jags. No sense rehashing the entire game. The Jags had, had absolutely no desire to win that game, um, and the Jets did. And for the reasons Ian pointed out last week, I think it's good for the Jets, to for the culture to start winning some games. But Merck, I was on that group text and all of you were very unhappy with the Jets 26 to 21 victory over the Jags. Yeah, I was
1: not thrilled
0: with that game at all for for two reasons. The first was
1: I was in my fantasy championship, uh, James Robinson, much like you, Pete, and I survived it. I did survive it. I did not survive it. The one point uh, him him tearing his Achilles was painful to watch and I felt bad for him, but I felt worse for me. I ended up losing this week, by the way, uh, by .28 points. I lost the championship. I'm, I'm still sick about it. Uh, but at that point, I knew that the Jets had an even better chance to win that game. Uh, and you saw it. They're, they're re- literally, James Robinson is the entire team. Um, Trevor Lawrence, let's get right into it. He didn't look that good. Um, I'm not impressed with him at all yet. Uh, the Jets defense is, you know, is no Chicago Bears defense, uh, you know, uh, from, from 20 years ago. Um, you know, let's see what happens with Zach. But what I did see was some improvement. Forget about his numbers. Uh, they were not that impressive. The running game is really where, where we shine this week. Uh, his, his 50-something yard run, I loved. Um, they're getting him out in space a little bit more. He's starting to make a couple of those easy throws. Um, he looked like a game manager, which is all I can hope for right now. Um, They still did not look great as a team, uh, barely beating the Jags. But to answer your first question, uh, I was upset that they won, but happy that I saw some things in Zach.
0: I I know Jet fans were excited, and it was all over ESPN and best plays of the week by Zach Wilson's uh, 50-something yard run. I thought the D-man said it best in one of his texts. Didn't look like Jacksonville had any desire to tackle him. <laughs> that's uh, true. well. Let, let me just say this about the run. But and I but, watched it over and over again. You know
2: how you see those videos where a team, you know, it could be high school, college, whatever, and there's either a kid or someone with a disability running the ball, and they allow the guy to score. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of when I watched that. And I know they were th- they thought he was going to go out of bounds, but that's what it looked like. I, I just yeah.
0: want. I just. I just, just want to say this: the thoughts of the D man. Are not the ones shared by the Big Blue Saloon podcast about exactly. on that topic. Exactly, but, but but I mean, for the, you can, excited, like that, like the you can get all excited. It looked like they lot of the score. If you get all excited about a quarterback, that's not great for a longevity of the career. If that's what to be said, I mean, look, look at Daniel Jones. Uh, I I still have sources insisting to me that him uh, continuing his career is no short thing. Uh, Dak Prescott doesn't run anymore. Kyler Murray doesn't run as much. Josh Allen's going to get – I mean, uh, you you don't want the best play of your rookie quarterback to be a run. I, I watched the game on tape. Uh, I focused in a lot on Zach. And, Merker, you can give us your final thoughts on this. I still don't see it with him. I'm willing to give him another year. Um, you know, part of it, again, is the surrounding cast, supporting cast. But, uh, you know, if I'm Jeff fans, I agree with Ian, uh, Ian last week and I agree with some other people I've spoken to. I am concerned because you bust on that number two pick sets you back for years
1: yeah for sure listen all great points and and i'm not saying i'm not concerned i've been saying I've, i I was concerned before they even picked him but you know i look across the league we've talked about this every single week there is not a single uh rookie quarterback other than you know not very well known davis mills that is it that is playing well so you know, Trevor Lawrence, who is the number one pick in this generational talent, he may end up being that, but he certainly has not shown it and it's partly because his surrounding cast is not good either. Uh, Mac Jones is in a system and honestly has not looked good these past couple of weeks. Uh, you know Trey Lance gets his first start this week. We'll see what he does. Justin Fields has been hot and cold, mostly cold. I'm not freaking out about Zach Wilson. And then here's the other thing, Pete. I want to ask you this question. I keep hearing people talk about you know that Zach wilson's gonna looks like he's gonna be a bust uh, you know he's too small like ian said scouts are not really sure why joe douglas picked him who else, you know based on the, the the quarterbacks that have played this year as rookies who would have you taken instead of zach wilson that is showing you something on the field right now i'm not talking about where justin fields will be in five years i'm talking about right now what what else would should they have done other than trade back? I understand that, but they needed a quarterback. Who else would you have taken?
0: Yeah, I mean that's it's a great question. And, and, um and, you know, one thing about Russ um Zach Wilson's size, uh it's ironic that Ian was talking about his size because he was talking about Russell Wilson, who's exactly the same size yeah. as Zach Wilson. Right. Um, you know, I didn't I did, you know, you don't want to uh, contradict the great Ian O'Connor being on here and then, you know, listen to Russell Wilson's much thicker than Zach and Zach looks like he's uh, fifteen years old. Yeah. But not, um, not even. You know, you know, like you know, listen, we talked about this at the question. The Jets were when the Jets got the second pick, they were uh they had three choices in front of them. They could stay at number two and and pick Zach Wilson. They could stay at number two, uh take another player and go with Sam Darnold for another year. Um, you know, there was some other talented players. I mean yeah, I mean, would you be that disappointed if you had Micah Parsons on your defense right now? No, I mean, listen, or Jalen I mean, Waddle, or or Jamar Chase. I mean, you know, listen, I mean, that was the other option. Uh, and then the third option was trading down with the pick and and and, and getting accumulating more picks, uh, and and then taking Zach. Um, but you know, as far as uh, pick, you know, the Jets needed a quarterback. I you know back then I said that the the option I would have taken, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, was to trade the pick. And, and get some more assets and go with Darnold for another year. That's what I would have done.
1: Yeah, but but, geez, but that, being said, no, I mean,
0: that, that being said, yeah, I mean, number two of the quarterbacks that I've seen, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of Justin Fields because I have an interest in the Bears. Um, I've watched a lot of Mac Jones because the Patriots are on TV all the time um, and they want him to be Tom Brady, even though he's not Tom Brady. Um, Trey Lance hasn't hit the field yet, so I can't comment on him. Uh, Davis Mills is you know playing with zero pressure in Houston so let's uh, let's you know I'm sure they would draft another quarterback in a minute if they had the opportunity still even despite Davis Mills. so to your original question and number two I probably would have taken Justin Fields I thought he was the best of the quarterbacks um, and I think and I think you know watching him play he shows signs they don't have much out there in Chicago to to help him Allen Robinson's been hurt um, Darnell Mooney is a good number two uh, their offense with Matt Nagy is not very creative. Uh, it, it, I, you know, playing you know with the whole, at Ohio State, uh, he he was in you know a lot of competition. I would have taken Justin Fields. Uh, I said it back then that I thought he was the number two quarterback in the draft there for Trevor Lawrence, and I, I haven't seen anything from any of the quarterbacks that lead me to think differently. So, to answer your question, I, I I think they should. I thought they should have taken Justin Fields if they kept the pick at the time. And I know our college football expert Neil Martucci actually agrees with me.
1: Yeah, no, listen, Justin Fields uh, would have been a, a a nice fit. You're all right over there, Pete.
0: Yeah, yep. I did test okay. negative for COVID, so I am all, right, all right,
1: good. Um, so I I understand the Justin Fields pick too. I would have been fine with him as well. Again, let's everybody relax. I, yeah,
0: I, I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not egregious the difference between the two. I mean, right? You know, Zach Zach's as good of has as good of a chance. You know, it's, listen, it's going to take, you know, what they're going to put him around and, and the scheme, you know, the scheme that he's going to be in, there's a lot of factors here yet with Zach. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and let me just switch over just with one stat. I want to hear D-Man your thought about this um, on the jets. So I thought that Zach Wilson looked better. Forget about the, uh, forget about, you know, his, his line, which was not that impressive. Uh, But he did make mistakes he he played within himself. Uh, Lafleur simplified the playbook for him. They relied on the running game, which is really interesting because we've we've been hard on their offensive line, rightfully so, since the beginning of the season. Uh, but this week, let me read you some stats from uh, PFF. They their grades for the Jets in Week 16 uh, amongst their all of their games. So ranking all Jets games. This was by far the most complete game of the season. And again, I know it's the Jaguars, but just listen. Overall grade, uh, this was their best game. Offense fifth, defense second, rushing first, run defense first, tackling first. Uh, PFS does all these crazy stats. Uh, They are currently ranked, as far as pass protection ratings on the season, way better than I thought at nineteen. Uh, of 32 teams. That's not great, but it's way better than I thought. By the way, the Giants were 26th. Um, the The rushing attack of the Jets is why they won, Pete, and D-Man. And D-Man, I want to hear from you because the reason the ru- running game worked this week and, and it's shown signs here and there with Michael Carter and, and Tevin Coleman is because of that offensive line that we've been you know screaming about how bad it is. It's actually not that bad. They've done a good job. I don't, I don't really remember who the offensive line coach is, but he's doing a good job without Becton and, and, and you know, some of these fill-ins plus ABT, obviously. Uh, Michael Carter, 118 yards rushing. Obviously, Zach Wilson, 91 yards rushing. Tevin Coleman, 57. Um, and, you know, my, my man Braxton Berrios even had three yards. Uh, D man, <laughs> this, uh, the, the, the offensive line and the running game. And I know you've mentioned it before that you've been impressed at, at times with the running game of the jets. Uh, maybe we're overlooking this offensive line. What do you
2: think? No, you're right. I mean, I have talked about the jets running game throughout the season. It's obviously been the best part of the jets offense and that continued against the, the Jaguars. Um, my, I, I like Michael Carter. He's a hard runner runs North South. Uh, I think he'll be a good running back for years and, yeah, the Jets were uh, run blocking then pass blocking actually. Yeah, uh, for most of the year. And in, in regards to Zach Wilson, I, you know, I thought he, he looked okay. You know, I thought he was a little bit more accurate uh, with short passing, and it was a more simplified game plan. Um, but considering that they weren't, they didn't have their two top receivers, I thought he did pretty well actually, despite yeah, the fact that it, the stats didn't look so great. But
1: they, they didn't look great. It was it was a good game. Um, we'll talk about it later. Obviously, they they play the Bucks this week, which is going to be a, a not a good one. But uh, I'm happy with a tiny bit of Zach Wilson progress. He didn't go backwards. Uh, I, I continue to be impressed with Lafleur, who I was not impressed with in the beginning. Um, I I understand what he's doing. They need to they need to draft a wide receiver. Also, another one. Uh, there's so many holes. We'll talk about it later. But well, overall, Pete, you know, I was happy
2: with the week. I, there I was a it, couple of passes that he was lucky weren't intercepted.
0: Sure. I, I, there were some great points made. On, uh, I've been reading a lot about the draft. and and you, you just talked about the Jets taking a wide receiver. There's been some great points about the impacts of wide receivers over the last two years. I mean, how mm-hmm. good is Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, and Donvante Smithman? Uh, and Justin Jefferson. And just, his, right. I mean, the year before, Justin Jefferson, he may be on our Top five wide receivers list someday when this is yeah. all said and done. I mean he he's sensational. So yeah, I mean I don't know like this year there's there's not the blue chip receivers there were last year. There's a couple of more Alabama guys. Believe it or not, um, we'll, we'll get more into that uh, probably in two or three weeks, and we'll have Neil Neil on with us. Uh, my, my last one on the Jets. I really like the way that guy Ron Middleton coached. I mean he was uh,
1: <laughs> yeah Ron r- is Riverboat
0: right. Ron, r- the real Riverboat Ron.
1: Exactly. Listen, he's 1-0. and um, That's better than many Jets yeah. coaches. Yeah, from the he's last the best of all years. time.
0: He's the best since Bruce Coslett.
1: Exactly. Um, now, listen, he did a good job. I think Salas is back this week. He's done with the COVID yeah. protocols.
0: Sal is, is hurrying back before this guy takes his job. You don't He want to is. But pitch. you know
1: what I I loved about Middleton? He looked like a football guy. You know, he's, yeah. been, in, he's been in football for 30, 40 years. He looked like it. I love it.
0: So, you know, we, we, when we uh, when you, if you switched off to the Jets, you uh, you turned on the Giants. And it doesn't really matter. Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon, Joe Pasarczyk, the D-Man, Eli Manning. It doesn't matter. The Giants have the worst offense in the NFL. Maybe uh, the worst offense in the NFL in recent memory. And this week's 34-10 to 10 was a new rock bottom. Uh, D-Man, the offense was absolutely unwatchable. Do you know the last time a wide receiver found the end zone for the Giants? Uh Sterling Shepard, I think. No, it was Dante Dante Pettis in week seven. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> is the last time a Giants wide receiver saw the end zone. And Kadarius Toney came back last week and he's already injured again. Wow. Um and and I can't, and do you do you guys remember Terry Glenn? Yeah. Um, what and do you remember what Bill Parcells used to call Terry Glenn? No. She. He used to call her she. Oh my she's, god! She's injured, right? So that's how people are starting on the Giants or starting to talk about Kadarius Tony, the wow. beat Riders. They wrote her t- wrote him today. She missed practice uh, today. Kadarius so Tony. Now it's a shoulder. He's had a shoulder and oblique, a toe, an ankle, COVID. I mean, this is. I mean, another great. You know, listen. He has a lot of talent, but if he can't stay on the field, he's absolutely useless. Yeah. Terrible. So, so I mean, D man. I mean, that. I, you know, I had. I, I mean, I'll admit, I had a little bit of. Um, intrigue and Jake Fromm as quarterback But oh my god Oh that was a disaster Um, I never I mean, thought I'd be begging for Mike oh, my, uh, oh, oh, I know god. that's what's sad yeah. I mean
2: look you said it The Giants offense to me is actually the, the worst offensive team I've seen In my years watching football I mean what the Giants are doing now Makes the old days of the Basarczyk years look good And that's- honestly a Basarczyk fumble At the end of the game is the only thing that's missing From this team to make us have serious pain because this team is is horrible and the defense played great the first half they actually were winning three nothing you know the giants give up points the end of the half that's that's a given 65 nothing now and then obviously they they is 68 and 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 then of course you know they obviously give up in the second half because how can you with this offense
0: i mean they're they're constantly on the field it's i mean jonathan vilma The announcer, he was he, you know. Listen, I these some of these announcers are awful, but and I'm not a big Jonathan Vilma fan as an announcer, but you know he said what we were all thinking. He's like, if I'm a Giant fan, I'm ready to lose it. It's first down, right hand dive to Saquon Barkley up the middle. It's second down, right hand dive to Saquon Barkley up the middle. See exact plays, and then the third down they run. It it was almost like the Eagles knew what they were doing because they, they 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 they. they were jumping in front of the receivers. I mean, it was cra- it was absolutely crazy, and that's not even not even talking about the offensive line. I you know everybody you know uh, our good friend Alex Wilson from Empire Sports Media. all he talks about is how good Andrew Thomas is, but Andrew Thomas had a tough game. Yeah, um, I didn't think he played well. I was. No, surprised. I mean, listen. Forget the pass protection. Okay, his pass protection's okay, but on the uh, as a run blocker, I saw him get manhandled several times. Yeah, Matt yeah, Kurt. He- yeah, everybody's excited to see Matt Pertt. towards his ACL, another great Dave Gettleman third-round pick. He's done for this year and next. And, you know, the attorney, Billy Price and Matt Skura and whoever the hell else they had, Will Hernandez. I mean, these guys, uh, the teams are in the backfield before the snap on the job. I mean, this is just – and some of it's got to fall on Joe Judge. I mean, I, I don't know how this guy is Teflon at this point. And before the game, Adam Schefter, who's as reliable as an NFL source there is, announced that Joe judge and Daniel Jones are safe for 2022 d man tell me how the how the fuck is that possible the D I forget Daniel Jones I'm going to throw him to the side for a second but how is Joe judge safe I mean this guy has not done one thing to show anybody that he's a good coach in the NFL he talks a good game but the the play on the field is is the worst he's making me miss Pat Shermer we I think we lose? Must- I think we lost the D man in AC. So Merker, I mean, oh no, there he is. There he is. Sorry. Um, no, regarding Judge,
2: I mean, his philosophy sounds great, but this team stinks. They have no, they have no energy. Uh, there's no, there's nothing to them. The only thing that I will say on behalf of Judge, their scheme is terrible though. Oh, there's the offense is horrible. Yeah, the scheme is terrible. The only thing that I'm shocked about is the fact that it, I'm shocked the defense hasn't.
0: Cause problems um, by, by pointing. Yeah, but how much credit does he get for the defense? Patrick Graham is a qualified. You know, you know Patrick Graham is running that defense. I mean, it, a lot of Giant fans are calling for Joe Judge to become GM and let Patrick Graham become head coach. I mean, that's one thing I've been hearing today about Giant fans are calling for. But you know, I don't. You know, I don't know. uh Merck, I think you and I are going to have to carry this. D Man's, you know, he's out in AC, in the COVID capital of the world. So. What are your thoughts when you heard that Joe Judge was safe for 2022?
1: Yeah, with that came across, you know, I get the Bleacher Report uh, notifications like many of us. um, And I saw that, that they're secure for next year and also Daniel Jones. So what what you're telling me is um, you're likely going to see Gettleman leave, either, you know, force retirement, quit, whatever you want to call it. And then you have to find a new GM. Um, and when they come in, part of the interview process is, by the way, if we decide to hire you and you want to take the job, we have a coach. You, you have no say in it. And, oh, and by the way, we also have your quarterback. So, you know, do what we say. I mean, it, it is, I, I feel terrible for giants fans, honestly, and I'm being sincere here. This this was a class organization for, for many, many decades, as you guys know. Uh, and, and it's become a laughing stock, and I'm kind of shocked by it. I mean, you know, the Jets organization over the years and still is not great, but um, you know, Leon Hess was, was okay. Uh, we've, we've made some bad hires before, but it's becoming embarrassing. And, you know, maybe this is what I was thinking about Pete, maybe obviously it's the ownership, but there's gotta be somebody else that's in their ear uh, to keep Joe judge because I don't, it, it makes zero sense. Now, if the new GM, they hire, Decides to keep Joe judge. That's another thing. Uh, well, I mean, so- I'm,
0: I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to give some inside information that I've been given um, through big Blue They have some posters that are very authentic and, and, and they're, and they've been verified. So I'm going to get, you know, Merck. I'm going to, and, and I think we've lost the D man. Um, and he, even though I here, but we can't hear him. Um, he, we, but we do appreciate the effort. Um, um, yeah, coming down. So um, as far as the Giants GM search goes, from what I understand, so the problem here, and, and Ian touched on it a lot, it, it's really John Mara. So when Wellington Mara was the owner, and I'm, I'm going to give a lot of insight here, when Wellington Mara was the owner, um, he was not that involved. He was involved, but he, he took advice, and, and he was forced to hire George Young. So he they had a czar of football that that he leaned on. And that was, and that was George, and that was George Young. Um, John Mara as a kid was very, very, you know, into the Giants and could not wait to become owner. And he wanted to be involved. He grew up with it. Um, He's, you know, he thinks he's a football guy. Um, So he meddles from what I understand. He meddles with Gettleman. He meddles, you know, he bungled that Eli Manning situation. Um, He's very involved. He did want to hire Chris Mara, his brother, That Ian mentioned, Um, the Giants' front office is filled with nepotism. Actually, yeah. um, And it's Chris and it's two guys, Chris Mara and Tim McDonald. That Mara's nephew is Tim McDonald, and those two guys are very involved, and they've made a lot of bed. They they've gained a lot of power starting in 2008, Um, and and by 2011 the Giants couldn't draft anymore. Uh, And what's going on right now is that. John Mara is very, very well aware there will be a fan revolt if he hires Kevin Abrams as the GM. Abrams is uh, Gettleman's assistant. So, I, so I've heard that Abrams is not going to be hired, and either's Kyle O'Brien, who's actually involved with the organization now too. So he is going to go outside of the organization to hire a GM. Now, what Giant fans want him to do, and what a lot of football people want him to do with scouts and stuff like that, they want him to hire a czar of football, you know, like John Elway was with with, with Denver or Dan Marino is with um, Miami, somebody who makes these decisions for him because Mara likes to hire the Giants way, people he's familiar with, and, it, and, and it right now that doesn't work. So what I understand is the compromise right now that's going to happen, Merker, and this you're going to find pretty fascinating, is that the rumors of them keeping Joe Judge are true. And... and so when they're looking for a new GM, they're not going to go within, which is where you know the judge would be guaranteed. But they're looking for somebody who has ties to 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 Joe Judge. So the so, go ahead, yeah. The name that I've heard that is the top candidate, and this is from more than one source, is um, is not John Dorsey, which is many people would like is the person that they think that, you know, John Dorsey was built the chiefs and the Browns. Yeah. Great. But, and, but the name that is out there right now, there's two names that are the favorites. One is Scott Pioli. Uh, Pioli. Well,
1: that, that would be a great hire.
0: Well, it wouldn't actually, because he's pretty much been out of football for a long time.
1: No, I know that, but this guy is a proven he's in, he was in a obviously a great organization with the Patriots. He has a lot to do with their success um, I, I think he would be able to get right back into it, but I but but again, I, and I'll let you finish your peep. What I don't understand, maybe you can explain it, is that still doesn't make Joe Judge a better football coach, right? So, no,
0: so the, the top candidate is Scott Pioli, and the other guy, um, is Monty Austin Um, Mon, he he is, um, to me, he's the top candidate, um, from what I understand. Who the heck is he? He's the current director of player personnel for the Tennessee Titans. Okay, um, good organization. Yeah, he was the director of college scouting when Judge was an assistant coach in New England. So they and, know yeah. And him.
1: you know, you have the uh, I don't know if there's anything to it, but you have the Vrabel connection, obviously.
0: Yeah. And he was also a finalist for the Panthers GM job last year, and he interviewed for the Browns GM job the year before. What's interesting is the two hot names, though, um, is this guy Dodds from Indianapolis and McClay, who's the assistant GM with Dallas, both have already said. They're not interested in the Giants' job. So there is – I mean, it is like – it's a fate of complete a gentleman has gone. Um, and a lot of the top candidates, like the two guys that I just mentioned, are the two hot GM candidates, the, the assistant GM from Dallas, who's never going to go above that that role, even though Jerry Jones will pay him, and uh, and the guy from Indianapolis. Those two guys are not coming here. So yeah. so I, if you're a Giants fan, and you can, you guys can all challenge me in a, in a month when this goes down, but the two names to watch are Monty Austin Fort, and Scott Pioli. And this and this is probably the way that John Mara goes because it's 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 not hiring Kevin Abrams, Chris Mara, or Tim McDonald, which I, I you know, um, uh, season ticket holders have told me that they have called the Giants and they've said they will not renew their season tickets if one of these it's kind of similar to what I actually did when I was a Knicks season ticket holder and Kurt Rambas was rumored to get the Knicks job. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I had said I would not renew if Kurt Rambas had gotten the job. So I think what they're gonna take, Mara's gonna take is the mid level. And he's going to hire this guy, Austin Fort, and he's going to force um, Joe Judge on him. Uh, and, and and that's the way they're going to go. And, and you know, like you said, I don't I don't know. I think the fact that the Giants have fired two straight coaches after two years is yeah. probably the reason Judge keeps his job. But he may be the worst of the three. I'm begging for the days of Ben McAdoo right now.
1: Yeah, he's – it's amazing to me. We've talked about this a lot. Of, you know, he, he came in with a lot of heart, comes from the Belichick tree – uh, you know, you know, special teams coach that didn't bother me as much because he was on a great staff. Uh, he's all about discipline and, and he's been nothing. He's been nothing like, like, uh, they said he would be. And here's the other interesting part to me. And I don't know if this is a function of Joe judge or what's going on. Uh, but Patrick Graham was a hot name last year. He's nobody's talking about him right now. The defense has been not good either. Um, that that's been fascinating to me. And I wonder, Uh, whether they retain Patrick Graham, you know, they keep Joe judge. It doesn't mean Patrick Graham is safe.
0: I think, I think Graham's safe. I think on the offensive side, I think um, they'll be encouraged to bring in a hot name. Um, You know, interestingly enough, uh, the, the offensive coordinator of the bills, uh, Brian Sable is a good friend of Joe judge and judge tried to bring him over originally um to be offensive coordinator for the Giants listen and
1: the and that team. guy is no joke and and if yeah. they did not get Sala uh, I that's who I wanted so yeah I, so I might, that's
0: a name uh, to watch I don't know if they can pull it off but
1: Yeah I, but I mean, again Pete I'll, I'll just again we're back to to square one again I, I first of all if that's the route that they they actually take then they're actually not as dumb as we think they are cuz you're right if they hire from within there's going to be a revolt uh, if you're looking at two guys to hire again, I don't know much about this Monty guy, but he comes from a great organization, uh, you know, uh, and Pioli. I like uh, obviously with the Patriots, if they somehow can pull John Dorsey, that would be a, a coup. Um, but we go back to Joe Judge. Um, that just makes no sense to me to why to declare yeah, there's something going on. I, I don't, there's got to be something going on to just make that decision before you even find a GM. I don't get it.
0: No, I, I don't get it. I don't think anybody does. And I, you know, I think, you know, it's a typical like the Giants somewhere along the line got disjointed between the It was really keeping Gettleman when they fired Shermer. Gettleman should have gotten fired when Shermer got fired. And you keep the GM, the coach aligned. Now, you know, you feel, you know, you know on paper, Joe Judge says all the things, you know, uh, you know, John Mayer and Ian said it last last week. John Mayer thinks that Joe Judge, given time, is the next Bill Parcells, the next Tom Coughlin. If You remember those guys? They struggled earlier in their career. But the issue that I have with Judge as a head coach is the schemes are terrible. He's super conservative. I say it all the time. He plays to not lose. I mean, he had that funky fourth and four and he, he thought he was going for it. And then all of a sudden the punt team comes on and Riley Dixon is. Always just punted it into the end zone. I, you know, Joe Judge hasn't shown me. You know, Leak Parcells. You know, he had one year and then he turned it around. He started to turn it around. Same with Coughlin. You know, he started to turn around. And Coughlin and you know, Coughlin was an established NFL coach. So you know, you know, I I don't really understand this. I think, you know, listen, just because I give you these names doesn't mean these names are going to want the job. This is not an appealing job right now. Sure, you got two top ten picks, but you got two top ten picks in a draft where you probably get a similar player at fifteen. Um, and and you also like you're being you know given a quarterback and Daniel Jones that would seem like that seemed like only the Giants actually were high on, so you know uh, you know you got that and then you and you're capped out you're three and a half million dollars under the cap and you got to cut a bunch of players to get under the cap and and I keep saying it over and over again and I know you disagree with me but there's only four or five guys on his team that are worth keeping over the next two years. Yeah, so, listen, the the Giants are
1: in a world of yeah. hurt. Again, I said this earlier. Uh, I'll say it again. I feel bad. I, I really do. Cause you know, I'm not a, I'm not one of those jets fans that dislikes the giants. I, I root for the giants. I have, you know, there's not a really a rivalry between the two teams, but this is a proud franchise, you know, that I've watched as a kid that I liked. You know, I love the, the Harry Carson, you know, Taylor, all, you know, Carl or, Banks, um, Carl, Banks. Yeah, Carl Banks, like, you know, I, I rooted for them and it's, it's a shame. I, I wonder I'm sure we could find some interviews with some of these old-time Giants players. They must be mortified with what's going on. Yeah, up, we're, so. we're,
0: we're trying to get Bart Oates on in the next – Yeah, that Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, you know, he's the head of the NFL Alumni Association, and he's agreed to come on at some point, so we have to do that. But, uh, you know, so for our listeners, that is my – you know, I've, I've shared some of this on the Facebook page. Um, I have some very good sources as uh, I was – you know, you know Merck, you can say what you want, but I was pretty – accurate on Daniel Jones when I said he was going to be out for the rest of the year and everybody, yeah, nobody else had said that. So um, there are some reliable sources, you know, being friendly with the the founder of bigblueinteractive.com does give me some, you know, he does text me some stuff. So um, that's where, where we're at. I mean, we're all very frustrated. And again, just because I gave you those names and those names don't sound bad, but doesn't mean they want to come here and inherit Joe Judge and Daniel Jones and the rest of this mess and deal with the Mara family, undermining them at every turn. I mean, yeah yeah and Gettleman's a horrible GM but you got to think Chris Mara and Tim McDonald were also undermining him too
1: yeah I mean listen that it's a great point because uh if I'm a GM unless there's some sort of guarantee that they get that if Joe Judge doesn't win a certain amount of games he will definitely be fired and you'll be able to pick your coach in year two that that I can see you know and then you know they see if Joe Judge is anything see if they can turn it around if so you know, they have a a, a a job, although I know no draft picks and, and uh, cap issues. It's still the New York Giants. It's 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 New York City. It's the it's the New York media. It's where you want to be. So if they get yeah. some sort of guarantee that judge can be gone after year two, if he sucks again, then 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 you take the job. So we'll see. There's a, you know, it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Giants for sure.
0: Yeah, it, as interesting as the Jets offseason was last year. Yeah, and if you remember, yeah. you and I had a break in and. Do a special segment when they hired Sala. Yes. I think it's going to be a similar situation for the Giants. You know, I, you know. listen, there's always that chance that some, you know, that, that Mara starts interviewing people and somebody makes a compelling case why Joe Judge shouldn't stay. Listen, there's two more games to go, one of which is at home against the Washington football team. If they're embarrassed in that game like they have been in the last two, all bets are off. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, yeah. But, you know, we will be here. I'll be posting on the Facebook page. We'll cover it in the podcast. As of now, that's where the where the where things stand um, with the search. Um, I would remember the name Monty Asenfort and Scott Pioli. Um, I, I think one of those two guys, if I had a gun to my head right now, would be the general manager of the Giants in uh, 2022. How much power they have with Chris Mara and Tim McDonald and other members of the Mara family undermining him remains to be seen. Um, on to next week. So Merker, I am now ahead of you because I have now. I picked the Jets last week. You picked the Jags, so I am now the only one who's perfect on the Jets Giants picks this week this year. Yeah,
1: I, I listened. Yeah, I, I
0: listen. It could have went either way. It was a two point conversion either way. Tough. Yeah. So we move on to this, to this week, um, and the Jets take on the Bucks. Um, the D Man has uh, left us to go back to the slot machines. He he uh, he lost uh, fifty bucks, and he's very upset about it. So he's trying to win that back. Um, that's a rounding error to some of our Atlantic City friends like Dave Stark. Yeah, exactly. but, D- but for the D Man, the 50 bucks is a dinner at the Olive Garden with the family. So you can't yeah. underscore that. Uh, um, so the D Man likes the Bucks. I think he wrote me uh, 3420. He likes the Bucks. So that's the D Man's pick. We, we will, of course, go in and make sure the D Man uh, picks as he says on here. Um, so, how do you see this game going, Jets versus Bucks?
1: Well, I mean, listen, uh, the Bucks get embarrassed by the Saints. Uh, Tom Brady throws a tablet uh, on the sideline. He looks pissed off. They come back, uh, and they have a, a really good game uh, last week. And they're, they're playing for something. I, I know the Jets are playing for something. They play hard for Salah. Uh, no players want to lose no matter what your record is. You want to win the game. And they want to beat uh, Tom Brady, of course. But, listen, the Jets have never – Played well, obviously, against Tom Brady. I don't care what team he's on. Uh, so I this is an obvious one to me. I mean, to everyone, obvious, you know, I, I can't imagine one person in the country will pick the Jets to win. It's just a matter of what the score is going to be. Uh, I think the Jets are going to be able to move the ball a little bit. He's going to simplify things again for for Zach Wilson. Um, and, and I think they, they might be able to move the ball a little bit. That Tampa Bay defense is good, but not great. Um, the offense though, even with Chris Godwin out, um, you know, Antonio Brown, you know, maybe they put Bryce Hall on him. That would be interesting. Uh, but he should have a, a huge day. They can't guard the tight end. So Gronkowski and Bray will go off. Uh, Ronald Jones, uh, and, and Keyshawn Vaughn look good. I don't know if we're back. Oh no, he's not. He's hurt. Um, so I, I think the Tampa Bay is going to score a lot and win 31 to
0: 13. Yeah, I, I like the Bucks this week. Um, I think the Jets will play them tough. Um, I, I, I like, you know, I am not gonna go in depth here. I think the, Jet, the Jets play the Dolphins tough. Um, the Bucs, you know, there's no Leonard Fournette, there's no Mike Evans, there's no Chris Godwin. Um, I think, you know, I think you know the Jets will play them tough. The Bucks will win. They're a the better team. They got more talent. Um, I like the Bucks. You know, 31 Jets 17. So yep. all three of us like the Bucks. Um, the Giants play the Bears in an important game for draft position. Um, the Bears did win last week against the Seahawks, which was a, which was a big win for them and hurt the Giants draft positioning. Uh, I like, uh, he likes the Bears in this game. Uh, I think he said 31 to 13. Uh, I'm not sure the Bears can score 31 points. It's definitely going to beat the Giants. Um, a good week in fantasy. If you have the opportunity to get the Bears D, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Last week, I had the Eagles D, and they scored me 19 points. I'm trying to get the Bears D. I failed in one league. I'm going to try and get them in the other, uh, I, as I am in the uh, finals of two of the three leagues I'm in. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the Bears in this game uh, 24 to 6. A couple of Graham Gano field goals, as usual, as the Giants offense. Merck?
1: Yeah, so uh, this game is in Chicago, correct, Pete?
0: Yes, it's a the Giants and Jets both can't play at the same time. If, if they combine teams, they might have a chance against the Bucks. That's true. I forgot about that. That was a dumb question.
1: <laughs> no, strike never. No, no, the, no. Strike that from the podcast. <laughs> um, so the reason I asked is because the only chance that the Giants have uh, is if it is fifteen degrees blizzard, you know, fifty mile an hour winds, and it's an even playing field for both teams. The Bears are nothing great. They do – David Montgomery is real good. Their running game's good. They have a couple – you know, uh, Darnell Mooney has been really good this year. Cole,
0: Cole Komet has been pretty good too.
1: Cole Komet has been very good. Um, I, I, You know, Nick Foles comes out of, out of you know, mothballs and looks good last week. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, the, the, the Giants have nothing to play for. Um, they're not playing for Joe Judge like the Jets are playing for Salah. Like you, you see the Jets come off uh, you know, uh, uh you know, get three and out and they're jumping all over Sala. They're still psyched, even though they're horrible. And, and that, that makes me happy about Sala. They're not doing that for judge. Uh, you know, no, that, so, was last,
0: that was last year. They did that. That was
1: last year. Correct. And so because of that, the, the giants have nothing to play for. They're, they're ready to go golfing. They've had it. So I think this is actually, I think that Chicago's going to score. I think D man is actually right about this. And you guys, Giants fans, might get your wish. This could be a blowout that, that maybe they rescind the offer to Joe Judge. Who knows? Uh, I think it's going to be something like 34-10. to 10.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think another offensive embarrassment, uh, two more offensive embarrassments is what Giants fans have to hope for um, to have any chance of Joe Judge relieved of his duties, I mean, at this point. Yes. I mean, there's only so many times he, he comes into his post-game press conference and he starts off with, I like what I saw. I, I mean, I that mean, is I mean, you unbelievable. Know. Or I like some of the things I saw. I don't know. It, it's all ridiculous. It's all you know. He like just always talked a good game. It's almost like he brainwashed John Mara. Um. Yeah. I mean, he. You know, like I said, listen. I. I. I don't like to be hard on coaches, but what I've seen from this team this year is, I mean, they they expected to be a playoff team. I know. You know. I know Seth Kaplan thought we were crazy for saying that, but they. When you come off at of the season they did last year, which they were six and ten and they got hot at the end of the year, and you spend all that money on a number one wide receiver, whether he is or he isn't, they spent the money like he is. They went out and got a Dory Jackson. They went out, you know, and they, they spent money. And you know, the outcome of this year is their worst. And I thought that might happen. I, I remember saying that. So listen, we'll see. Um, there's no chance they're winning this game, in my opinion. Um, but you never know with the Giants. <laughs> it's just you never know, but mm-hmm. you things are back to normal for us. Uh, we both have picked against the Jets and the Giants, so we'll see how this goes. I'm trying to keep my perfect Jets Giants record going. So, Merker, now we, we, we move on to the tankathon. And uh, this Sunday, while the Jets kind of screwed you over, where if they lost, they may have moved up. Um, they now the Seahawks lost, which helped you, although they played Detroit this week. Uh, yeah, Seahawks, but uh, you know
1: what? Detroit, plays never, hard. yeah,
0: Detroit plays hard. As of now, the Jets play fourth and pick fourth and six, And I think this is a great time, Merker, to relive some of the best moments in Jeff draft history. Uh, um, here we go. Yeah, I mean it's always a good time, but you know, when you when you're seeing fourth and sixth, these are some of the gems that they have done over the years. I
1: think it's a good selection, but a very surprising one. that wasn't that bad.
0: That wasn't that bad.
1: No, Freeman McNeil yeah, yeah. was a good, awesome. good running back. Jets take the first-round selection quarterback,
0: no. Ken O'Brien. Oh, no. You thought Dan Marino at that point. Marino oh. was going to be around at that time. They take Marino. Obviously, the Jets know something that, you know, the people up here don't. York Jets' first-round selection, fullback, Roger Vick. Jets pick oh, Vick. I remember that the New York Post, Jeff, Jets pick Vic, first round choice, Jeff Lagerman. He wasn't bad.
1: Yeah, he wasn't bad.
0: This, this is looking right now that the Jets just don't understand what the draft's all about. The New York Jets
1: select Blair Thomas, running.
0: That was it. That was their Penn State number two running back pick. Select Johnny Mitchell, tight end. Another winner, Johnny Mitchell. That's my favorite, Kyle Brady.
1: Over Warren Sapp.
0: Over Warren oh Sapp. God. And then they interviewed Neil Morris afterwards.
1: Yeah. Oh, my that's God. Good.
0: That's, that's just good stuff. I mean, you, well, you can't listen, beat that.
1: No, nah, you can't beat that. It makes you feel better as a Giants fan this year to know that across the town, you know, in the same, same, the same locker room, same stadium, you have a franchise and a team that is equally horrendous. It's got to make you feel better.
0: In, inept might be the word. Inept,
1: inept is definitely the word.
0: So which one of those picks were your was your personal favorite that you remember as a Jet well, fan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be serious first and then I'll tell you the one that that killed me. Um the Freeman McNeil pick. I mean, I was young, but I remember them picking him and I was a big Freeman McNeil fan for years. He was a very solid running back. I mean, he he where he was picked, he he was not as good as you would have liked him to be. But um that that one did not kill me. Uh, the Kyle Brady one, oh my God. I remember that. Like it's yesterday. Um, I, Warren Sapp, I, you know, everybody was saying that that's exactly who the jets need and, and they, and Kyle Brady gets picked tight end. I mean, just, just ridiculous. Listen, um, it's miserable every year. I'm nervous every year. I mean, with Joe Douglas, I feel a little bit better, you know, obviously 2020 wasn't good, but last this, this past draft is turning out to be very solid. Um. Well, well that all
0: depends on Zach Wilson, my friend. All it
1: dep- Correct, but the other, I agree. That's that's it. But I feel good about some of the other picks, regardless of if it's Zach Wilson or 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 not. So. So yeah.
0: So so as of now, the Jets pick fourth and sixth, and the Giants pick fifth and eighth. So if we get together over at Martucci's, those top eight picks will be. Uh,
1: will be, be interesting. There. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll be there in pins and needles. Um, it's the same names. No new names have really come about as as all the mock drafts. I mean. You know, there's still Derek Stingley Jr. and Kyle Hamilton and Evan Neal. A new name for the Giants has been a center, Tyler Tyler Lindenbaum. And you don't ever pick centers in the first round, but you might want to throw this out for the Giants. So desperate for offensive line help. And this guy's the best center prospect in a a really long time. Um, So those are are the names that are out there. Nothing has changed yet. You know, I I, I agree with Martucci. I think um, one of these quarterback needy teams might get hot on Kenny Pickett or uh, Matt Corral, or, or if this kid from Cincinnati has a good game, Desmond Ritter. Um, that's the only uh, wild card right now in the draft. But other than that, it's still the same names. You know, it's Hutchinson and Thibodeau going first and second. The Giants and Jets aren't getting there. Um, and then, you know, and then it's Stingley Jr., Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton, and, and and some of these other names, Merck. So, I, you know, those are the names to watch, I think. So, yeah,
1: I think you're right. I mean, there could be a surprise like every year yeah. that creeps up there. But, uh, you know, I'm also – Reading about Aiden Hutchinson, that that, you know he could, they like, um, you know, so-called experts feel like he has a very big bust potential. Yeah, uh, workout warrior kind of guy, and you know, maybe not as good as as what you're seeing. I mean, who would? None of us know, obviously. Um,
0: Only Neil Martucci knows, and he'll be on. Neil Martucci
1: knows. Yes, he'll he'll break it down for us for sure. Uh, I mean, listen, we we know that there's so many needs for the Jets and Giants. Uh, It almost doesn't matter. Uh, for me, honestly, who the Jets take as long as they don't do something like they did on, you know, all the, you know, the past drafts that you let me listen to again. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they can't take for example, obviously they can't pick a tight end there or they can't, you know, they can't pick a, a punter and do something just ridiculous that the Jets would do in the past. Uh, whether it's a, a wide, honestly, I've been reading a lot of, you know, checking out Jets blogs and I'm on a lot of Jets sites and a lot of people with one of those picks are calling for a wide receiver, yeah. especially since Mims is, is a bust. He's going to be gone. Uh, you need another big wide receiver there to give Zach Wilson a chance. So that, that might, I don't know enough about the wide receivers. I'm interested to hear what Martucci says. Yeah,
0: think, yeah no, you're, you're right. We touched on it earlier. I mean, if you look at the impact that Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith have had, yeah. it definitely leads credit credence to, to bringing in a wide receiver. And then, uh, you know, it's raw, you know. I like Martucci posted the quarterbacks, and maybe he'll do the wide receivers soon. But uh, want you know when you when you're watching, uh, maybe on New Year's Eve night, um, Jamison Williams of Alabama is a hot name right now.
1: Yeah, that's the guy I've heard as the top one, yeah. uh, likely. So, and I like you know Alabama wide receivers are are generally
0: yeah. good. Yeah, Waddle and Judy, Absolutely. except for Henry Rugg. they can't drive though. As, as no, they run. can't.
1: Oh, that's terrible.
0: I, I know. Uh, again, we. Uh, <laughs> The thoughts of the uh, host of the Big Blue Saloon podcast is not necessarily the beliefs of the Big yeah, Blue so, Saloon Yeah, so apologies
1: to our corporate partners. Yeah. Forgive us.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we, again, we'll have more Tucci on at, after the season ends and we get into draft season. And, uh, you know, again, the, the wild card is if somebody falls in love, like with one of these quarterbacks, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, in the Big Blue Saloon Pick'Em Challenge, just what we needed, another Kaplan, Adam Kaplan, won wow. this week. Yeah, I know um you know he, he, he i know everybody you know thinks a lot you know that he's in the shadows of his charismatic older brother seth but adam has always been referenced as the superior kaplan uh in the streets well, of riverdale especially on the a, basketball court
1: yeah he's a hell of a basketball player for sure he's got a yeah. he's got a nice shot he's definitely the quietest of the kaplans
0: yeah um, most so likely you,
1: you need one quiet kaplan at least right i mean so. yeah, i mean the
0: kaplan the kaplans are like the kardashians i mean they just they you know. are
1: they are so. If that's the case, then then Seth is who, Eric is who, and Adam uh, is
0: who. you know that's a homework assignment for next week. <laughs> all right, fair enough. So, anyways, Adam is the winner of the ninety dollars weekly prize, and I caught up with him, and he said that the money would probably go to Seth's next play, um, so yeah, he can take that's entire family. He uh, family. And, and the entire family. Yeah, in the all important year to date, now we only got two weeks to go, and Al North, Matt Norlander's brother in law, is still in first place. He's been in first place fifteen of the sixteen weeks. Um, that is,
1: that is it's impressive it's because it's an incredible has uh,
0: been so bad. Yeah. Um, somehow Lauren <laughs> is still nice. in second place and she's extended her lead to four games. So something wow. dramatic would really actually have to happen to knock her out of second place. And uh, now, now she's starting to get interested because she actually brought it up to me yesterday. So um, that was a, that was a new, a new thing. Um, uh, I'm not going to reveal what you, her and I use as her strategy though, but it does okay. work.
1: It uh, obviously works.
0: There, there's now a four-way tie in third place between Seth Kaplan, Josh Knopf, now Matt Narlinger, as I've warned everybody all
1: season. Here he comes. There.
0: Here he comes into myself. I'm actually tied now for third place. So there's four of us uh, tied for third place. And then right behind is Adam Kaplan and, uh, and D-Man's friend Mark Branson, Mark Jansen, who, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, is a quality guy, and it makes me question why he's friends with the D-Man. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the Big Blue Saloon Pick'em Challenge with two weeks to go, 36 members this year, uh, a lot of different winners. That was Adam Kaplan's first win of the year. I always like to see a new winner. Um, So that's where we are now between the three of us. I'm, I'm ahead of you guys by 12 and 13 games respectively. So I will safely win the contest between the three of us. Um, the D man holds a one game lead over you, Merck. So you got two more weeks to pick up that game.
1: Yeah, I, I have to ha- I have to talk with my son after I get off. Yeah, a little bit of an tonight. off week
0: for uh, who, which one does it, Devin or Max? Devin, Devin right? does it. Yeah, yeah, he
1: was not happy with his picks. You know what happened? Uh, his excuse, at least, was he locked the games in and then you, he didn't really keep an eye on who had COVID, who didn't. Yeah, no, that a big and, thing. And I'm it screwed yeah. him up.
0: Yeah. so It's a big so. factor. I mean, like Indianapolis, you got to wait till the last. I think Indianapolis has a game this week. I forgot against who. Um And uh, if Carson Wentz plays, I would take them. If Carson Wentz doesn't play, I would take whoever they're playing against. So Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, yeah, you got to follow the COVID. And with two weeks to go, and, uh, and I'm sure that uh, uh, Devin and Max don't want to move out of Rivervale if you lose to the D-man. So. They, do not.
1: they do not. They don't want to hang out with their parents, but they don't want to move out of River yeah.
0: So as for the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page, a lot of action going on, Mercer, and that was a great thing that you put up there yesterday, with the yeah, uh, I'm top gonna five. be uh, yeah.
1: top five wide receivers. Or, uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, man. no, that, that that came about because my son Max loves stats. He loves rankings. He he just loves it, and uh, he came to me and and you know he's very passionate about. We we have the LeBron MJ MJ debate all the time, and you know, he he laughs at me when I say, you know, take a look at some of the wide receivers and players from the 70s. He's like, ah, dad, there's no chance that they would do anything in this day and age. He he clearly does not think Jerry Rice is the greatest wide receiver. Um, you know, he's very passionate. He's like, so I said, you know what? let me put a poll up um on Facebook, our page, and it was fascinating. You know, just a quick quick comment about this, Pete. No, um, definitely, definitely. The 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 thing that I love the most um was the two names that I saw a bunch of times that I could not agree more? But I didn't. One of the two I did not list in my top five was Steve Largent because he was a great. He is the oh, reason. Yeah. He's the reason why you have the Julian Edelman's and the you know and the Cooper Wes Cup. Welkers and Cooper the Cooper Cup. Cups. Yeah. Steve Largent was the first. Um, yeah, and, and then the other one you put on your list, I put on mine. Larry Fitz. I mean that yeah. guy is arguably the best route runner of all time. He is, what a fantastic, reliable uh, wide receiver. So those were my two favorite. And then the other other ones were obvious. It's just a matter of where you ranked them. Uh, My son, Max, thinks Calvin Calvin Johnson is the best wide receiver of all time. I mean, you can make an argument, but uh, I I still think Jerry Rice is. I will, you know, I I like these polls. Um, I think the next one will be running back. So, um, you know, hopefully our listeners will... Will join in and tell us who they think are their top five running backs.
0: Well, you did. You got great participation in it, so it was a great poll. I mean, and, and you know, listen, I'm all for it. The more traffic we get on there, the better. I mean, you know, even Ox is, uh, you know, has been appropriate. So we, we are up to 198 members now. So we're two away from 200. Wow. So so to to add a little incentive to everybody for our listeners, the the two, whoever the 200th member is will get a free T-shirt. And whoever brought in that two hundredth member will get a free T-shirt. So I mean, this is a this is yeah. a huge deal. Wow. A blockbuster announcement, if I may say. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> These T-shirts are nice, Nurker. I got. I got. Next time, I apologize. I was in the area yesterday, and I should have dropped off. But uh, um, kids wanted to get to Spider-Man, so I couldn't. I didn't. I,
1: how'd you like Spider-Man
0: spider man was really good if I wasn't bothered by at, at work by work nonstop through the movie I would have enjoyed it even more it was actually yeah, it my was daughter's good. second time seeing it my son first time seeing it but I, I may have to go see it again with her because it, it was it was really good you, you saw it too right you liked it as
1: well I liked it a lot my son max uh, is a huge marvel fan yeah. and uh, he made me watch like a 30 minute video of to to recap all the other spider-mans and um, so yeah I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed it a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, Lauren's my daughter. Lauren's greatest interest is Marvel. I mean, she's great. Yeah, she's obsessed with Marvel, and she got oh, me into it. I mean, and that that becomes our thing. Um, so you know, that's it. So again, that's that's the blockbuster announcement. Um, there'll be a free T-shirt given out to the 200th member, and the person who brings in the 200th member. So. Uh, you know supplies are not lasting so we better get that 200 we're very close so we'll see what we got now the d-man had internet problems and he left us early but it was nice of him to join us uh Merck, before we go any last thoughts as uh as we head into uh week 17 i mean i know uh, for me you know you know another thing yesterday was the passing of john madden yeah uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that before we get to the final thoughts i mean i i grew up on uh madden and summerall i mean now it was it wasn't a football game unless this matter, madden and summerall were at the call and it was ironic i had just watched the madden special on fox two or three days ago and i was like wow i, I forget that he was still alive and then two days later but that was a great special uh uh mercury if you haven't seen it i recommend you get the sun, your sons together and watch it
1: yeah i have to watch it i heard it was excellent yeah listen that was one of my thoughts um i grew up with him like you and you know, his Thanksgiving day games with the Turkey leg. And, you know, what was it?
0: Turpunkin? Or- Tur- or- yeah, the,
1: yeah. Whatever his, yeah. The, uh, what, what did he call it? Tur- the-
0: Turpunkin or whatever it is. Yeah. Turducken. 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 That's yeah. what it
1: was. Um, uh, yeah. It was very sad. I mean, listen, that guy is football. Um, you know, he is one of the most revered uh, football men uh, in the history of, of the NFL. He really is. He, he's given, he gave so much to the NFL. Obviously, there's, uh, you know, the Madden video game is iconic. He's iconic. His voice is iconic. Um, so that was sad to see. Uh, you know, um, like you, I, I haven't, I haven't uh, brought up COVID, you know, in my final thought at all because I try to forget about it. But you know, it, it's affecting everyone. It affected my house. Um, my son got it. Um, he, you know, and I think I probably had it, although I'm not sure the home test was inconclusive we're, we're all fine it's very mild but it continues to wreak havoc uh, on our country um, and of course it's affecting football games which really sucks so that's that's one thought I had the, the other is you know we have New Year's coming uh, Friday uh, we'll move into 2022 I think um, there's probably not many people that are going to miss 2021 Uh, I am certainly not one of them. Um, Looking forward to brighter days in in 2022 for sure. Uh, Brighter days that include the Knicks getting a little bit better and improving and making the playoffs. They're currently up by six points right now to the Pistons, which is honestly pathetic that they're
0: only up by six. No, they're Um, winning. I turned it off because they were losing, and I'm like, I I can't stomach this. They were
1: getting killed. They're up by six. Alec Burks is having a huge game. He's got 27 uh, quickly as 18. Um, Julius Randle continues to struggle. He is two for 11 from the field right now. So, um, yeah, so I, that's what I'm excited about. This season will be over soon. We'll be talking about the draft, and I'm going to be solely focused very, very soon, right around this time on Knicks and college hoops. Can't wait.
0: Good stuff, Murph. You know, for me, I, my final quotes are very similar to yours. I started, you know, I touched on Madden. Um, you know, I've tried to, with COVID also, to, to, to not um, – be affected by it, but uh, last week I was exposed to it. I had symptoms, and then I ended up testing negative, which was actually very surprising. Yeah, I, you know, um, I was happy about that. I still don't feel great, but um, you know, a lot of people I know, it's 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 invaded the Mars household. Um, like you said, it's 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 rampant in sports. You're talking about this Pistons team. I don't recognize any players on the Pistons because they're all out with COVID. They're the only yeah. top eight player they got going tonight, Sadiq Bay. So if the Knicks lose this game, it's uh, um. It's, it it would have be – it is pathetic. Um, you touched on Julius Randle. Um, to me, he's the problem with the Knicks right now. And then Alex Burks has another three. Um, he, he is the problem with the Knicks right now. Um, and it, it, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, he is getting leeway from Thibodeau that no other player on the team is getting. I mean, yesterday was a perfect example. Olby Toppin had played ten minutes, three for three from the field, all kinds of other impacts in the game. He made one mistake where he didn't switch on defense, and he was yanked for Julius Randle. It's yeah, just, I don't
1: understand it. It's, it's, and
0: it's not just Randall's two for elevens; it's the body language out there. Yep. Body. Um, I, you know, I, you know, on that same Big Blue Giants page, there's a Nick Insider. Um, he has said that Randall's been dangled quietly in trade talks, but all trade talks in the NBA are halted right now because teams are just trying to feel team. You know, team players yeah. just getting the players. And now Burch is in another three and got fouled. Um, wow. Uh, so you know the you know and, and he also said that he he believes that Thibodeau could be let go at the end of this year which uh which you know pretty I crazy was, thought
1: I was it's so funny you say that I've been thinking about that lately kind of on and off um because
0: he yeah because he thinks the next coach has got to really cultivate some of these young players
1: yeah that's exactly right I mean we know he's playing <laughs> Grimes obviously Grimes has earned minutes quickly he's earning minutes uh He he seems to he does he doesn't seem to be a huge fan of Sims right now. We know that he doesn't like to play rookies. Uh, I love Thibodeau, and and I'm hopeful he can turn it around and be the guy. But what's very concerning is that their defense. You know, he's a defensive specialist, and they have not been good on defense this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, and the whole Kemba Walker thing was also kind of weird. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed the game where Kemba Walker hit a bunch of threes and just stared over at Thibodeau. And yep. then later on, it was revealed that Thibodeau hadn't talked to him since he benched him. So, yeah, there is some nonsense that are going on with the Knicks this year. Um, but you know, this whole COVID thing I think has affected things. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I, you know, it, it's it, they they have an you know they have an opportunity right now with their schedule to really make some hay because they they seem to be over the hump on COVID where the other teams don't. Um, my last thought is I I made as I mentioned earlier I made, I made two of my three fantasy football finals. Um, the D Man was all over me because I was. Even though I was projected to win, he's like, you know, and I was nervous about it after Robinson got hurt. Because, um, you know, you know, in fantasy football, anything could happen.
1: I um, was projected to win. Yeah, so, York, you know, 20. I was never comfortable.
0: Um, so, you know, I got shot in two of my three leagues. I'm hoping to win both. Awesome. It's ironic because the only league that I don't have a lot of success in, and I, and I did earlier, is, is our River Valley. league. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Um, I had a similar draft position in both leagues, but I think what threw me off was Jay Ban actually took Cooper Cup um a little earlier than most, you know i know it was the right pick because i have cooper Cook and both of my other teams for some reason i had projected him i was spot on about him this year um but you know if i had gotten him in our league although i had some bad luck in our league where aj brown dalvin cook yeah. chris god when all these guys got hurt so i didn't have much of a shot uh so you know that that was it so i'm hoping to win him in, in leagues and in fantasy hoops Merker, Right, you know we got to see you in the d-man the d-man's making a little bit of a comeback but uh you're still lagging behind. You might need Devin yeah. to step in there too. He
1: stepped in, and honestly, our draft was not good again. We can't it's figure tough. out how to draft. It's tough.
0: It's tough. You got to follow Brian Zerlin. I'll, I'll talk to you offline. There's something that he does. Um, I picked up on it. It's helped me this season. If Paul George wasn't hurt all half the season, I'd probably be even further up. Um, yeah. he, I mean, just to put it simply, he, he focuses on steals and blocks, which is yeah. the two hardest categories to get. Interesting. Um, so I'll, we'll talk about more because I, I don't want you to leave the league it won't be the same for me without you all right i'll start <laughs> <say. laughs> anyways uh yeah and you wish everybody a happy new year next time we're on it'll be 2022 2021 was a, a mixed year um but uh we're hoping that 2022 will be better anyways for the man with the golden voice brett murker a special thanks to the d-man for calling in from ac i mean that's dedication if you know if i you know dedication at its finest um and uh hopefully we'll get neil morris on at some point to talk about the jets a little bit i'm peter storm until next time